0: This is
1: is the kind of life that if jesus came back right now i don't want to have to give an account for my life like this then you have an opportunity and a responsibility to change that because no one's going to change it for you you have to say god i am sorry for where i am god will you empower me to take steps of faith and i'm here to tell you we have thousands of people in this church who have stories about this is where i used to be and this is where i am now
0: Everybody has skeletons in their closets, things they hide from everyone, even trying to hide them from God. Though it's hard to understand, God wants you to take those things that bring you shame and ask him to take them from you. Pastor Daniel's teaching is going to remind you that those whom God calls overcomers are the people that went to God for help in getting through the trials and tribulations of their lives. Now here's Pastor Daniel in the Book of Revelation chapter 22, as he continues his message, the time is near. Jesus is
1: Everything around us, everything that we hear about, reminds us of the curse of sin. Even right now, we're, we're grieving the news coming out of Turkey and Syria with a great earthquake. There are over 20,000 people confirmed have passed away. They don't even know the number of people who are still buried or unaccounted for yet. But every time I hear about an earthquake, I always think of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter eight, where he tells us that all of creation groans and labors with the birth pangs for the revealing of the children of God. It's like when you hear of an earthquake, you think the earth is having a labor pain because it's waiting for the curse of sin to be undone. In its fullness when Jesus returns. And so there's coming a day when there'll be no more curse. We saw previously there'll be no more pain and no more crying. And every tear will be wiped away from every eye. So we have this beautiful renewal that's coming. And I love it. They shall see his face. I can't wait to see the face of our God. Not dimly, but face to face. And his name shall be on their foreheads. I love that. Is there anything more conspicuous than a face tattoo? It's like when someone's got a face tattoo, it's like it's on there. Like you can't miss that thing. And God's seal for those who are his, it's so conspicuous. And in a lot of ways, our lives should be conspicuously his. I think of the early apostles. It says that the Sanhedrin council knew that they had been with Jesus. There was a conspicuousness to their faith. And we want to be those type of people who people know that we have been with Jesus. And verse 5 tells us that there's no light there, there's no lamp, there's no light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light. And we had seen that in chapter 21 as well, where Jesus is the light. And Jesus is our light right now. Now as we move on from here in verse 6, look what it says next. Revelation 22, it says, Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which will shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And he said to me, see that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. Now, of course, this teaches us what it says right in the middle of verse seven, which is simply that Jesus will return soon. Behold, I am coming quickly, Jesus says. Now, if you fast forward a little, verse 12 says, and behold, I am coming quickly. And then Revelation 22, verse 20 says, surely I am coming quickly. So I always like to remind you that when the Holy Spirit says the exact same thing three times in one chapter, it's because he knows that we're super thick-headed. It's like all of us. How many of you ever have someone who repeats something to him like 87 times? So I did this just yesterday, then was going to the grocery store, and I said, hey, whatever you do, don't forget to pick up some fruity pebbles. Why? Because every Super Bowl party is better with fruity pebbles. Can I get an amen? Some of you are like, wait, what are you talking about? Listen, wings and fruity pebbles is perfect. You don't believe me, try it. I said three times, i like, hey, don't forget the Fruity Pebbles. She's like, Daniel, I got the Fruity Pebbles. And sure enough, she got the big box and the kids were already eating them. I'm like, listen, we got to save those for the Super Bowl. But why do you remind someone you think they're going to forget? And here's the deal. For 2,000 years, the people of God, the church has been living in the soon return of Jesus, the reality of it. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus' return is closer than it has ever been in the history of humanity. So our job is not to, Jesus is coming back, look busy. Our job is, Jesus is coming back, so we should be about our father's business. So that when he does come back, we are all the way in the middle of exactly what God has for us. Jesus, because he was crucified and resurrected, because he ascended into heaven... The angels told us he's going to come back in like manner And we need to be the kind of people Who live with that expectancy God expects us In light of the soon return of Jesus To live our lives with intentionality And live lives with purpose It's one of the things that I love so much about Being part of the body of Christ Part of the people of God Because all of us are always in the process Of letting the Lord clarify This is how it have you live This is what I want you to do. This is who I am calling you to be. The body of Christ is not a museum for saints. This is a training ground. We are growing every single day. And so what I want to encourage you, because Jesus is coming back soon, what is it that God wants to form into your life now? Where do you need to start today? There are some of you right now, today is the day that you stop drinking every day. Why? Because you know that when Jesus returns, he's not going to be impressed with how you spent that time. There's an old Chinese like kind of aphorism. The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So you have to realize we have to start somewhere. And it's one of these we don't like in our culture because we all want to be perfect at everything. But anytime you start anything, you have to start at the beginning. Just this weekend, I got a chance to go play some music with Jay Coder, who's a great guitar player in Portland. And I remember when I first got an upright bass and I remember I'd been playing the electric bass and I saw a guy playing an upright. And I'm like, that guy's the coolest guy in the room because he's got the biggest instrument. You know what I mean? Just so, like, I just walk in, you see this guy with this big bass. And I'm like, man, that guy has got it going on. I need to get one of those. And so I remember I got it and I like didn't even know how to play it. It was just like, it was so much bigger than what I was used to. There's no frets on it. So he, there's all this stuff. And I remember when I first started playing, I'm like, I'm never going to be good at this. But I'm so happy that now, I mean, I got my first bass when I was like, 19 and now i'm definitely not 19 i'm so happy i never quit playing the bass because i'm out playing with my buddy jay coder and we're playing and we're having these great moments i'm playing stuff i'm like so cool i know how to do that but i realized the only reason i know how to do that is because 20 something years ago i started playing the bass and i just kept chipping away at it And so much of life in Christ, growing in Christ, comes down to starting doing something and just keep chipping away at it. And isn't that true? Like, in anything that's worth anything, you have to start at the beginning. And if you keep showing up and you keep doing it, like, whoever is playing in the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure that none of the people playing just started playing football today. Like, along the way, they started playing the game. And they weren't all superstars when they started but they started and they learned they get coached up and all and they grow in all these different things and the same is true spiritually it's one of the things i love about what god is doing in our church family in this season because so many people right now are like man i know that i'm supposed to be in a group so i'm plugging on into a group i know i'm supposed to grow with my brothers my sisters hey i know i need to get my life together so i'm in celebrate recovery hey i know this i know that and people are just stepping in But what is it that God is asking you to step into today? Because God wants us to be about the work of his family, about the work of his kingdom. And that involves us living lives with purpose. And the return of Jesus kinda drives us into this purpose. Now, as John hears this, behold, I'm coming quickly. And notice, this is the sixth of the seven beatitudes in the book of Revelation. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now, again, it doesn't say just blessed are those who hear it. You have to keep it. God's plan for all of us is that our faith becomes actionable. Where it's like we hear it and then we say, Lord, how do I live this out? Keeping it means like I am trying to seek after embodying this with what I can do. And then when John sees and hears this It says in verse 8 That he falls down And he begins to Worship this angel And the angel is like Johnny, don't do that He's like, I'm just like you I'm just one of the fellow fellow servants I'm one of the the brethren of the prophets I I Keep God's word Just make sure you worship God Now, we saw John do something Very, very similar a couple chapters back And it's just a great reminder that even if you think like, man, the Apostle John, I mean, he wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the Revelation, and he's making like a rookie mistake in the things of God by not worshiping God. So when you see that, we need to make sure that we are people who only worship God. Now, worship is when you ascribe worth to something. Now, one of the mistakes that we can all make, and I quote, Martin Luther, the reformer. I don't agree with everything Martin Luther said. So I know we live in a day and age you quote somebody and if somebody says something wrong then you shouldn't quote anybody as if everyone has to be right all the time. The only person who's right all the time is who? Everybody else is wrong sometimes. Amen. And a lot of times. And so we chew on the meat and spit out the bones. Can I get an amen? amen? That was a fun little aside. Cultural framing. But Martin Luther says that really all sin begins with the sin of false worship or idolatry. The 10 commandments begins with, I am the Lord, your God, and you shall have no other gods beside me. Really all the 10 commandments happen when we violate the first commandment. When we choose to ascribe our worship to somebody other than the true and living God, that's why you'd steal or murder or covet your neighbor's stuff or take the Lord's name in vain. You put them all in there. All sin begins with a worship problem. And so what we all need to remember, all of us, is that we need to make sure we worship God and God alone and everything else comes way below that. Because what happens is, if some things we worship are just flat out wrong, so like if you worship pleasure, then becoming an addict seems normal. Because you're always seeking after this version of pleasure, but really what it does is it ends up hollowing you out on the inside and ultimately isn't pleasurable, but it begins as pleasure. So certain things we worship are just wrong. But within the body of Christ, with the people of God, oftentimes the mistake that we make is we start to take good things and make them ultimate things. We start to look for things, and we make them the most important thing in our life. Like, let me give you an example. God has given us all vocational callings, what we commonly call work. Don't ever miss the fact that God gave Adam work as a gift in Genesis chapter two. Now don't get me wrong. In Genesis chapter three, when they ate the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, he cursed Adam's work. So he said, yeah, your work's going to be hard now. But God gave Adam work as a calling. So having a vocation is a good thing. Having a calling is a good thing. But we live in a day and age where people worship their status that comes from their calling. And what you're doing is you're taking something that is good purpose and work, and then you're elevating it above that and then it begins to hollow it out so people use their status and their promotions as like an identity builder like if you don't get the promotion you're devastated by that now don't get me wrong if you care about your work you want to do well and you want to be able to land where you want to land but if it gets above that now all of a sudden you have a worship problem we know that marriage is a gift from god but i'm here to tell you don't worship your spouse now i know everyone's like fusco who are you kidding i don't worship that person i know what they're all about But what we actually sometimes do is we take the words of our spouse and how we think they feel about us and we put it above who God tells us we are. Did I just drop the mic in here? Some of you need to hear that. But what we do is we take something that is good and we make it the most important thing. Or for those of us who want to be married and we haven't met that person yet, we start getting, I gotta work this thing out. No, listen, you're not of more value to God when you're married, you're of value to God just as you are. In the same way, we know that kids are a blessing from the Lord, but some of us, we worship our kids. I'm here to tell you, God does not think you're more valuable when your kid gets into your chosen school of choice so you can prop your identity up that you were a lousy parent or something. I'll really feel good about myself if my kids land. Now all the kids are like, yeah, mom and dad, see? That's why I'm gonna go work at Starbucks for the rest of my life. Now listen, don't work at Starbucks, own Starbucks, difference, okay? But here's the deal. When you worship the status your kids bring you, then all of a sudden now you have false worship and it it undercuts it. In the same way, and I don't want to minimize anyone's journey to have children. I realize that could be a very challenging journey. But I'm here to tell you you're not of less value to God if you've never had a child before. But what happens is in our hearts, we can elevate things. And so the key for us is to worship God and Him alone because he's the only one worthy of worship, and then let everything kind of fall in underneath it. And so John makes that mistake, where it's amazing. He just bows down and starts to worship this angel. And the angel's like, oh, J-Money, get on up. I don't think he called him J-Money, but I think that would be super cool if an angel had like a nickname for John. Or if it was an Italian angel, he's like, Giuseppe, get on up here. Anyway, sorry, this is the way I think. Anyway, what's interesting, in verse 10, it says, the angel tells John, don't seal up the words of the prophecy of this book for the is at hand, which is interesting because if you know the prophecies in the book of Daniel, there are four different instances in the book of Daniel where Daniel is told to seal up the prophecy. Daniel chapter 8, verse 26, 12, 4, and then also 12, 9, and 10. So in the book of Daniel, it's like, hey, seal this up because it's not for now. And then in John, the angel's like, actually, don't seal the book because the time is now. So it's supposed to be open. Now, verse 11 can be really super challenging because it almost feels fatalistic when you read it, where it says, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. Really what this is getting at is that each one of us is responsible for our own lives. And with the reality of the soon return of Jesus, We have to decide who it is that we are and who it is that we want to be. And really what he's saying is that each one of us, if you want to lead a life that the Bible would consider filthy or if you want to lead an unrighteous life or an unjust life, you can do that. It's your choice. But we should be the kind of people If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Where we say I actually want my life to be What the Bible will consider to be holy What the Bible considers to be righteous What the Bible considers to be just Because holy, righteous, and just Those are the characteristics of the nature of God So we all, listen You have to own the fact that you have decisions That you have to make about the tone and the quality of your life Now, I'm going to tell you, nobody makes those decisions for you. You choose them. And the key for us is to make sure that we own the decisions that we make about our life. And that's why I said earlier, remember, when I told you, listen, what is it that God wants you to start now because Jesus is coming back? It kind of ties it back in again. Like if your life is the kind of life that if Jesus came back right now, I don't want to have to give an account for my life like this. Then you have an opportunity and a responsibility to change that. Because no one's going to change it for you. You have to say, God, I am sorry for where I am. God, will you empower me to take steps of faith? And I'm here to tell you, we have thousands of people in this church who have stories about this is where I used to be and this is where I am now. I am so grateful that I'm not what I was when I came to know Jesus because I was a drug addict. I was gone. And I remember struggling to get clean and sober. And I'm so grateful I went through it. I'm so grateful for all the people who prayed for me and helped me. Because I needed to get clean and sober. But the thing is, is that nobody was going to get me clean and sober. I had to decide, listen, this is worth the energy. Or as people say, we only change when the pain of staying the same is worse than the pain of changing. And I just wonder how many of us Today will be the day where it's the fork in the road where you're like, you know what, I'm not gonna stay there anymore. Like we just had the marriage conference, 500 couples. I'm so excited for the couples who are like, I don't wanna be in a miserable marriage, so now I'm gonna work on my marriage. I'm tired of the marriage being toxic, so we're gonna work on it. We're gonna do the work to fix this. And so much of life is in light of who Jesus is, Who is God inviting you to be? How is the spirit of God leading you? And what steps of faith do you need to take? They're called steps of faith because oftentimes they're uncomfortable because you're charting new ground. You've never been that way before. But our job is to take the steps. But also if you choose not to, that's a choice as well. And that's really what verse 11 is all about. Now as we move into verse 12, look at what happens next. It says this. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates of the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral. And murderers and idolaters And whoever loves and practices a lie I Jesus have sent my angel To testify to you These things in the churches I am the root and offspring of David The bright and morning star And the spirit and the bride Say come and let him who Hears say come And let him who thirsts come Whoever desires to take The water of life Freely Now What we learn here is that our goal should be to eat of the tree of life. Now, I get this right from verse 14. Notice what it says. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. So that's the seventh and final of the Beatitudes. But in order to understand this idea of eat of the tree of life, we have to remember Genesis chapter three. Do you remember when God created Adam and Eve, they put them in the garden of Eden. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then there was the tree of life. And God said, listen, you can eat anything you want. Just don't eat anything of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent tempted Eve. She ate, Adam ate. And they realized that they were naked and they covered themselves. And they made fig leaves. Fashion began in the garden of Eden at the fall. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> actually, I'm not kidding. Cause it's actually very biblical. That's a different discussion. And God was like, listen, you guys, you can't roll out like that. So I'll get you some better clothes than those fig leaves. They're uncomfortable, and they stray. So it's just good Bible interpretation. That's all right. You guys will get it later. Anyway, but remember, after they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what did God do? He banished them out of the garden. Why? Lest they eat of the tree of life, and they live forever in their fallen state. So God literally kicked them out of the Garden of Eden, and he actually placed angels there to guard their way so that Adam Eve couldn't get back in. But now in the new Jerusalem, it's like, listen, because Jesus died and rose again, blessed is the person who has the right to the tree of life. Because now that Jesus has dealt with our sin at the cross, now we can partake of that tree of life because God's plan is for us to live forever, not in our fallenness, but in his redemption. And so it's really beautiful because Jesus says, hey, I'm coming back. My reward is with me. I'm going to give to everyone according to their work. And blessed is the person who does his commandments. We have that idea, but we need to make it actionable. Who has the right to the tree of life and can enter into the city.
0: Jesus is- The things that God values are so much different than what mankind does. Transparent gold is used for paving streets in heaven. The substance that men have fought wars over is like asphalt to God. Pastor Daniel made it clear that what God values most is his relationship with his family, the men and women and children who've accepted his offer of redemption through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ.
1: Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. But I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live.
0: We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus' is real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at jesusisrealradio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Speaking of the end, we've reached the end of Pastor Daniel's series, A Year of Revelation. We hope you were able to listen to the entire study. If not, we trust that you've been blessed by what you were able to listen to. God's promises that we read in scripture are only a fraction of what's been promised. And we hope you were inspired to dig into the Bible to discover more for yourself. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.